Hello. I'm glad you could be with me today as together we study God's Word in the Unfolding the Word ministry. We've been working our way verse by verse through 1 John. We're now beginning the fifth chapter today. So let me pick up our reading in chapter 5 of 1 John, beginning in verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God, and everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. Chapter 4, which we've been looking at for an extended period of time, ended with a discussion about agape, that love of God poured into our hearts, defined in 1 Corinthians 13. <clears throat> we saw that this agape love was part of God's very nature, one of his attributes. We saw that the core example of the meaning of agape was seen in the Father sending his Son into the world, in the Lord Jesus Christ choosing to go to the cross on our behalf. We also learned that as God poured this agape into our lives, that it removed from us, or it's intended to remove from us, the fear of punishment, of judgment, because we passed out of judgment into life in the Lord Jesus Christ. We also saw that God wants agape love shown within the church family. And if we say that we have a relationship with God, if we say that we love God and yet are not expressing agape love, which he's poured into our hearts toward the brothers and sisters in our church family, then we are deceiving ourselves. Our love for God must first be seen in the love for the brothers and sisters. Now, chapter 5, building on all of that foundation, and in fact, will be revisiting some of the issues about agape love, begins with a reminder. And it is a reminder to us of the inseparable link between right belief and new birth in Christ. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. Verse 1, how it opens up. Right belief is the true cause for a new birth. The centrality of what we believe. You see, faith is meaningless if the focus of faith is incorrect. No one is saved by faith if by faith it's simply a trust in something that's not true. Our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ saves us. Our faith and confidence in what the scripture reveals to us about him and what he did, that's what saves us. Saving faith demands a true focus. The Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the point. Nobody is saved because they believe, even zealously, that Jesus was a great moral teacher. No one is saved because they say Jesus, whether he is real or just a mythical character, is a great example and we should follow his life. No one is saved by that. When, however, we look at the Lord Jesus Christ and we say he is the very Son of God, he is the promised Messiah, he is the God-man, the Word made flesh and dwelt among us, the incarnation made it possible for us to be saved because the Lord Jesus Christ came and lived and died and rose again to pay for our sin. Then that faith is a saving faith if it's characteristic 
of our life. What's the point? Well, it's a pretty straightforward point, actually. It makes an eternal difference who we say Jesus Christ is. No one is saved because they're religious. No one is saved because even they use the word Jesus. They're saved because they believe the biblical record about Jesus and what God has revealed to be true about who he is and what he did. Right belief is that central. Only those who respond in faith to the biblical truths about Jesus, <coughs> excuse me, find salvation. It's when we choose to place our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and his work on the cross that we are then born again. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves who has been born of him. The new birth, following right belief in about Jesus Christ, moves us from being spiritually dead to spiritually alive. Our repentance and faith in the gospel makes us now born of God, as the verse begins. That new birth that we have means we are changed. It means we are now new creations. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old's passed away. Behold, the new has come. Right belief is interwoven with new birth. One cannot be born anew. One cannot be saved if their belief is wrong. It makes all the difference who we say the Lord Jesus Christ is. Are you resting in the truth of the revealed one? <laughs> Not just the name Jesus, but the biblical record of who Jesus is. The word made flesh to dwell among us. The one who lived and died and rose again to pay for our sin. To deliver us from the impossible dilemma we had of sin that separated us from God. Therein is the essence of new life in Christ. Now, as we respond in right belief to the truth about the Lord Jesus Christ, in response to that new birth, God then pours his love, that part of his very attribute of love, of agape love, pours it into us. He says, everyone who's, who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. Romans 5, 5 says, God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God has poured that agape into us. That's picking back up on those themes of the fourth chapter. The gift of agape within us leads us, motivates us to put the needs of others above our own needs. The gift of agape within us changes, or at least has the potential of changing, the nature of our relationships with the brothers and sisters in Christ who make up our church family. And as we saw at the end of the fourth chapter, we can't really love God, have agape toward God, and not be loving the brothers and sisters in Christ. Love for God is woven in to love for the brothers and sisters in Christ. Do you need to grow in your love for God? It's not going to happen because of emotional services. It's going to happen because you invest selflessness into the lives of the church family that God has placed you in. And then that in turn 
allows an ever-growing expression and reality of agape toward God within your own heart. Notice the divine strategy here. Let me end with it today. The divine strategy is this. God first provides the truth about who Jesus is and what he has accomplished for us. In response to that truth, then God gives us a new birth. Then, right belief, new birth, God pours his agape into us. There's no agape without right belief. There is no pouring of agape into us without new birth. But when right belief and new birth are combined together, then adding to that, God pours his agape within us. And now that he's poured it into our hearts as his redeemed children, he calls for us to be expressing that agape toward the brothers and sisters. Not only did he end the fourth chapter with that truth, but now as we'll discover as we move forward, not just in verse 1, but verses 2 and 3 of First John, that God is wanting us to be expressing it. Notice how he puts it. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and obey his commandments, and this is a love for the God for God that we keep his commandments. <laughs> Whoever loves the Father loves who's ever been born of him. It's a sad situation when agape love is not seen within a church fellowship. It is a tragic situation whenever one has been born anew through all through faith in what the Lord Jesus Christ has done and then chooses not to allow that love of God, which has been poured into his heart as a result, to be expressed in his relationship or her relationship with others in the church body. Well, join me tomorrow. Lord willing, we'll continue on examining this issue of the expressing of agape within the church family. God bless.